Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Raising kids in this tech-heavy world is incredibly difficult. It is growing more and more important to be able to stay up to date with what the world is throwing at our kids so we know how to help them out. Today, I speak with the founder of Protect Young Eyes, Chris McKenna. Chris has some amazing insight as an advocate for kids in the tech world and is working hard to make some legislative changes. Him and I will be going over the current trends parents should be aware of and how we can help in this fight against big tech. If you guys remember, I actually had him on a couple seasons ago. But lots has changed in the tech world since then. You guys are going to love this episode. But first, got to pay the bills. Is your child interested in a smartphone and nagging you all the time because everyone else has one? Well, check out the Pinwheel phone and the Gab wireless phone. These are both amazing alternatives to smartphones. Gab phones are dumb phones and smartphone body. Talk and text, and that's it. You can control exactly who they message and who they call, if they can send pictures, and they don't have to worry about the dangers of the internet and social media. The Pinwheel phone is an amazing transition phone that gives your kids a few more options and responsibilities and help them learn more about using a phone responsibly. It comes with a parent portal so you can always know what's going on on your kid's device at all times. Links to both of those phones are in the podcast description that gives you a good discount. One more ad and then we'll get on with the podcast. All right, everybody, we are back. So guys, I have a familiar face with us today. Chris McKenna, the founder of Protect Young Eyes. PYE is a pro-tech organization that helps parents protect their kids from the harms of the internet. They educate so you can regulate. Um, I had Chris on last year, a couple seasons ago, and we talked about his mission, some of the things he's doing. However, there's been some big changes in the tech world just since last year. Um, So I decided it's a good thing to bring him back on the show. So welcome back, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Mr. Nate, I am well. Things going well for you? Things are going so good. It's busy. I'm a girls wrestling coach this year and we're in full swing with that. And yeah, it's, it's fun though. It's it's a good time for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I went to a pretty small school, so we had pretty limited sport options in the first place. So girls wrestling was definitely not an option. We barely had enough boys for boys wrestling, you know, at my small rural central Michigan school. So that's cool. That's fun. Uh, yeah, sports, sports are great. So yeah, we love extracurriculars and we love that we can be back in business now. So I'm so glad to have you here, man, because holy moly, it's been quite the year. Like, holy smokes. Um, last time we talked, you were in the trenches of the Erna Act, trying to get big tech to face some responsibility for the crap their apps are causing. Um, you recently... Um, you had recently released the documentary um, Childhood 2.0. We talked a lot about okay. the need for easy parent controls and parent involvement when it comes to kids and their tech, but so much has happened. For starters, Instagram and Facebook recently <laughs> went to court over some issues their apps have caused, and you were involved in helping the Senate prep for that. Um, how was that experience? Like, Can you tell us anything about that? 
Um, I, I would say, you know, a little bit. It's where when these hearings, so that like there's this. So what two, happened in the first place? Like, why yeah, are they- so, yeah, so there's like, you know, th- there's a timeline here, right? You don't make trillion dollar giants move fastly, right? That's really what we're up against here. So the largest, most complicated businesses on earth exist right now. And there's multiple of them, right? So this all started back, I can't believe it's been that long since we spoke, right? So, you know, that started with the 2019 hearing, July 9th, 2019. And there's been multiple hearings since then. So much has happened since then, right? We've had the New York Times series of horrific articles that were released in the fall of 2019 around all of the child sexual abuse material and just the darkness that exists in some of these digital places in terms of the harms to young people. Um, And then, you know, fast forward to COVID, which then pushes a lot of kids online really quickly because we can't go to school and can't do a lot of things. Now, in some ways, technology was a beautiful bridge for relationships when we couldn't see people that we knew and loved. And so call out what was good about it, but technology is an uh, it's a healthy short-term surrogate, but it is not a long-term replacement for human-to-human interaction. And it wants to. It wants to replace human-to-human interaction. But I think COVID proved to us the amount of longing that you still have. I could look at you on FaceTime every day, Nate, your handsome, amazing face, And I would still get more out of a 45 minute cup of coffee with you in a coffee shop than I would 45 straight FaceTime conversations, right? I think think COVID proved that to us. I think that was a massive experience for all of us when it came to technology. And then you fast forward to 2021, you've got Ms. Hogan coming forward and I'll, okay, people who are listening to this, if just saying that name fires up all of your conspiracy theories and what she is and isn't, I'm going to settle that aside for a minute and just say, okay, regardless of her intentions, she is causing the right conversations on Capitol Hill. And let's trust the process around, you know, what there's enough division in Washington that I don't believe for a minute that one person is going to convince our Senate to agree upon some commission that's now going to censor all of us. There's just no way that's going to happen. So I don't know what her intentions are, but she is causing all the right conversations because then what happens? You get Adam Oseri, the CEO, you know, leader of Instagram, one on the committee to have a conversation, which was really good. And Man, it's a snowball that has been rolling for two and a half years. And man, this is the year, 2022, as I think when we're finally going to achieve some of the victories that will move the bar on protecting kids in these digital spaces. So for those who who don't know who she is, um, because I didn't actually know her name until you just barely said it out loud. Um, I just knew her. I, I knew the Facebook whistleblower. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's her label. So, so, so what went down with that? What did, what, what did she come out saying that kind of got this rolling? Well, she, I mean, I mean, you know, in true sort of uh, definition, you know, a whistleblower is, is somebody who stands up and says, hey, what's going on behind the curtain isn't great. And I'm going to tell you about it. And that's what she did. She pulled forward again, a lot of people on both the right and the left have a lot of different opinions around 
why she did what she did or why she was given the treatment that she was when she you know, did her hearing. I'm setting all that aside. Take the evidence for what it is. Yeah. Read through the hundreds of pages that she brought forward and then ask yourselves some really simple questions about the integrity of an organization. Will you trust the heart of your precious son or daughter to what you see in that evidence? Yes or no? And it's, it it, it kind of leads to a simple question. And what it points to, it's like, it's not the end all be all. These are not exhaustive things that she showed us. It's not representative, large samples of things. But what she showed us was like a compass that points in a general direction that says, hey, listen, there's a lot that they're not telling us. And unless compelled by the U.S. Congress, they will not tell us. And that's the overall thing that I think is important to come out of that is there is a lot that we don't know based on what she showed us. And there's a lot that we now need to go find and get our hands on so that we know the real story about what these apps, the power of these apps, so that we can put our kids. I'm not saying that all apps are, are evil or that every child that uses these you know, apps, whether it's Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, whatever, you know, they don't use Facebook, Facebook, but you know what I mean, Instagram, whatever. Not every kid you drop in those is going to end up a totally broken kid. Right. But man, I would love to have some intel from the other side that says these variables in a child with a certain amount of precision can predict how that child will respond when you drop them in. That's what I believe we are missing because right now what we're all left with is educators and parents and you know you and I are fathers what we're left with right now is somewhat of russian roulette with our kids you mm. kind of know i mean you know your kids and you know some things but the way that we talk about it is you know every child and you know this because of what you do with young people every child has a lot of little nooks and crannies if you kind of let's equate it to food for just a minute, something that I love, right? Yes. Everyone loves food. Yeah. Everyone loves food, right? In, in Michigan, you know, we love a good soup because it's cold and you make a good soup. And when you make a great soup and you drop vegetables and meat inside of it, they all kind of pick up and that marinate something a little bit different. Why? Because they all soak up things differently. They have different nooks and crannies and crevices. And so no two things taste exactly the same if you get really picky. And I think that's a lot like what it is for our young people. TikTok is a digital soup. Snapchat is a digital soup. Instagram is a digital soup. And we drop our children inside of this digital soup. And based on their nooks and crannies, which are their experiences, their neurology, their nature, their nurture, all of these very complicated variables that exist in every child, you drop them in and you don't know what they are and aren't going to soak up. Why? Because we don't know what's in the soup. Yep. We, we haven't been told with transparency what kinds of kids tend to soak up certain things. And I guarantee these organizations have that data. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't it be great if we knew more about what would happen to our young people when we drop them inside? That'd be fantastic if they told us about that. But they, they currently do not. Earlier, you mentioned that you feel like we're moving in the right direction and we're hoping to see some victories this year in, in this realm of trying to get some regulation on big tech. Um, what are some of those victories we are looking for to help protect our kids? 
Yeah, so in March of 2021, um, we were successful in partnership with NICOSI, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, who's a great ally of ours there in DC. Um, we were successful in drafting what is called device filtering legislation, and it was passed and signed by the governor in Utah. And what that yeah, does- Yeah, go Utah. Yeah, what that basically does is it says, hey, if you activate a device in the state of Utah, and it's not live yet because there are a few other things that need to happen, but the law says that if enough states join you, Utah, if a device is activated, right, location figures out that it's being activated in the state of Utah, then we're simply going to turn on the filtering that is already on the phone, right? It's already there, right? We already have an Android devices family link. We already have an Apple devices screen time. It's already there to limit adult content or to enable safe search for Google. It's just buried 30 steps deep and you got to hunt and peck for it. In other words, shouldn't it be, Nate, like all the other things where we know millions of children spend time? Shouldn't it be that our default posture is protection instead of so. exploiting, right? Why should we so. have to... Why should we have to hunt for safety? We should have to search for exploitation, right? And it should be the other way around. So it just simply says, hey, when you're going through the onboarding, are you, are you an iPhone or an Android guy? I'm an Android. You're an Android guy. So right, when you activate and put in your Gmail account and go through the onboarding and setup process, you know, the activation process for that Android phone or for me, for my iPhone, there's a series of steps. It's a beautiful, seamless, easy experience. Why? Because Google wants you to get in to use the device. We're just simply saying, add one more step that says, hey, the filters are on. If you want to keep them on, put in a four-digit code. You're good to go. If you don't, check out of it. Why? Because we love the Constitution. And if you're an adult who wants to get to whatever they want, then bypass it. Go for it. But shouldn't it be the easiest thing to do is to protect the device? That's simply what that filter legislation says. So there's other states that are coming on board. They love it. Like, wow, this is like no brainer. And so we've probably got five to 10 other states that are looking at rolling that out. And we hope with enough statewide pressure that maybe could be something that's even bigger. We'll see. So that's an example of, you know, one, if I could kind of get, you know, get uh you know churchy for a minute it's one stone right uh, in the in the pouch there but it's an important one and i am hopeful that there are other things like that that are in the hopper that will come to fruition here this year so we can take down goliath guys because it's, it's really what this is like these multi-billion trillion dollar companies they don't they don't move unless prodded by threat I mean, I remember seeing the trouble that Instagram was in um, over all these different lawsuits from parents and organizations saying that, you know, their, their kids were damaged by things that happened on the app about the sexual explo exploitation and everything. And then conveniently, conveniently, right during the, you know, right before they go to, you know, make their statement and stuff, they release, oh, we have parent features we will be dropping soon because we care so much about your kids. And I'm like, that was so convenient that that's like right around your trial time. You decided to just drop that little thing right there. Yeah, not because no kids have used Instagram for the past 11 years, right? Nate? So <laughs> let's do it now. Oh, let's let's. Uh, announce it at 3 a.m. I, I, so Senator Blackburn from Tennessee, she doesn't 
cut any, you know, she, she just goes right for it. She's like straight. <laughs> she does. She goes, you release things at 3 a.m. that you feel sneaky about. Like she just rolled. She just said that right during the hearing. I'm like, you go. I get it. Yeah. So for reals, though, like it just baffles me that they thought that no one would notice the timing of it and everything. And then to go on to say, because they had plans for Instagram kids. And there are a lot of people opposed it and they're there. Okay. We're going to push pause on it, but we want a safe Instagram place for our younger children. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like a pedophile's playground. Like currently with how Instagram set up, there's no way they're going to check ages. There's going to be a ton of little kids and a ton of adult dudes in their mom's basements pretending to be little kids. And it's going to be a nightmare. And so I was so relieved when he's like, we're, we're going to push pause. We still want to do it, but we're going to push pause. And I'm like, boy, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hit kill and destroy instead of pause. Like that's not, yeah, right. And, and it surprised me that he's like, we're only going to put these regulation, these parenting controls on our nine to 12 year old accounts. And I'm like, how about like any account period? If they want to censor their stuff and protect themselves from pornography or sexual exploitation, they can. But that's a perfect example, Nate, of how the laws have fallen so hopelessly behind because they only legally mm. um, need to enforce those kinds of controls for age 12 and below because we have a kind of double standard here. And it's a ridiculously inverse sort of relationship. Everywhere else in the world, minus digital spaces, minors are defined as 17 and under. But as soon as we get into digital spaces, minors are 12 and under. And now we just think that everybody, right, ages 13 to 17, now magically have this ability to handle these you know, extremely intelligent and, you know, persuasive technologies. And so that's all because of a law passed in the year 2000, the Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act, which at the time, if you talk to Senator Markey from Massachusetts, who's still in the Senate, who's the one who passed this legislation, he'll tell you about some of the backroom fighting that went on. Even just to get age 13, he was lobbying for something more Nate, let's not forget, this was three years before MySpace, okay? Yeah. And if we felt, <laughs> you might not even know what that is. I got to remember generations. I know what MySpace is. We okay. had MySpace. Right. We had MySpace. All right, man. MySpace, Zanga, you know, all those bad boys. Um, but if the risk was perceived to be high enough in the year 2000, three years before MySpace, that 13 was considered too low in a concession just to get big tech to buy into it then what should the age be today right Oof. it should yeah so we're we're stuck in a spot where the laws no longer adequately mitigate the risk to children and that's why they get away with the things that they do that's why they can say that we don't have parental controls for that age just unless they do it out of the goodness of their heart that is that is nutso because I mean, if you look at something like alcohol, right, you got to be 21 to drink alcohol because, um, A, you're not you're, like your body, like you're not an adult, like, heck, you're not done growing until you're 25. At least your brain's not done developing. And they're like, but, you know, 13, your brain can handle all the different stimulus and crap on the Internet, though. So whatever. That is archaic. Oh, well, I am very thankful that 
protect young eyes and you have been going hard at this. You guys have been going no mercy. You guys remind me of Cobra Kai, man, like strike first, strike hard, no mercy. You guys have been going at it, um, trying to get big tech to just no. And it's that this thing. It's not like you guys are anti-tech. You're pro-tech. You just want a little protection for our kids. That's it. Um, and That's so, it. And so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm pro, yeah, I'm pro bicycles. I'm pro skateboards. I'm pro rollerblades. I'm pro playgrounds. I'm pro all the things that we throw at kids. But at the same time, those are things that recognize that kids use them. So let's at least not make it like crazy dangerous, you know, for these physical things. And so, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, man. I don't know why, but, you know, just like you have insane. I mean, you've got to have insane motivation to show up as a, your junior high counselor, right? I'm a high school counselor, high school counselor. Okay. Yeah. Either one, either one right. is like combat. <laughs> yeah. It's combat one oh one and combat two oh one. So, you know, for whatever reason, this is what I'm wired to do uh, for now for this season. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go at it. And I mean, there's been several different trends, crazes that have been sweeping the nation. One of the most recent technology trends that have been kind of beginning more and more popular is virtual reality with the Oculus. Um, and you, I see, I saw that you tried that out for just a second um, to, to dive a little bit into it. And I don't know, what were your thoughts on it? Like how safe it is it for kids and what were some red flags that popped up for you as you were experiencing it? Well, I mean, it's a ton of fun. It is a crazy yes. immersive experience, right? I mean, it is wild, almost I, I disorienting. On it. I played Star Wars on it once and I'm like, I am the force. Like it was right. so cool. It was. I And so, you know, I want to put that out there. It's it's a, a really cool technology. I'm just not into experimenting with my 11-year-old's brain in it. You know, I just, there's just enough that we don't know about what that sort of, immersion for what is, as you know, as someone who has studied child development, I'm just not interested in putting that level of technology in front of my son when his brain is more shapeable than at any other point in his, the rest of his life. Right. I just, I I don't, I I just, am not willing to risk that quite yet. Um, And so that's, that's kind of the the neurology side of it. I just, I have a lot of questions. I just don't want to experiment on my kids. If you're an adult, want to use it, go for it. Play fruit ninja all you want. And that's great. (laughs) Swipe at the air. Um, And and the other part of that too is, I mean, there's no rules for it, right? What does virtual groping look like in the metaverse? There's, I mean, physiologically, and you can find this in terms of like, how you feel, the the trauma is almost the same. Like if I'm in a virtual world and my brain starts to sort of displace my physical body and I kind of get used to this fact that I'm this virtual thing walking around and some other virtual figure violates me in some way, I mean, it's designed to elicit the same physiological response in the games that I'm playing and therefore, I am physiologically going to feel some of the same trauma from that person violating me in whatever way, you know, with their virtual hands or whatever. And so, I mean, you ask porn companies, and they'll tell you straight up, they know brain-wise 
what that virtual porn does in terms of hooking itself into that dopamine reward system and all the other you know, neurochemicals that come with it, man, it is intoxicating because it completely tricks the brain into feeling this is the real thing. And so those are just some of the questions I go, I just don't want to experiment on my kiddos in this way. Um, So be careful. There's really few parental controls on it. That's why um, it's really important to have a good router because it does have a browser. It doesn't use cellular data. So it has to connect to a router. So get it connected to something like Griffin that can filter stuff out, right? Those are the sort of things that whether you've said no, slow or go with, you know, Oculus, get it protected. So wait, so I didn't know that Oculus comes with a web browser. So you can browse the internet on your Oculus, like virtual reality. Absolutely. Yes. Whole my gosh. That's like, okay. The movie ready player one. That's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, what it is. That's ready player one. It is yeah. like ready player one's real life now. And I didn't think about that before. Like things that you're worried about your kid accessing right now on apps that we're advocating against with pornography on Instagram and pedophiles on, on, on Snapchat and TikTok. Those also are going to step up a level with kids that are able to roam on the internet, virtual reality wise. Like all those things you're talking about a hundred percent could happen, but yeah. we don't know enough to like, yeah. there's no, there's no rule book. There's no playbook yet, man. Woof. Well, so have fun with the Oculus, but be careful, please. <laughs> yeah. Read all about it. I, I wore it, tried it. I did let my boys, I've got three boys and a daughter. They're uh, 10, uh, 12 and 12. I had to think cause they just had a birthday, 10, 12 and 12 and 17. And, uh, you know, they tried it and, you know, they kind of came to the conclusion. They're like, no, I kind of like playing my switch. You know, it, it, it wasn't them. They, they, so we returned it and, uh, you know, Good. we're like, yeah, this isn't, <laughs> isn't for us, but I got to try it. So I know there are parents listening that are like, holy moly, I don't even know where to start. Um, most parents don't know that their routers can help filter out suggestive content. Um, you yeah. talked about a router is a good place to start. Why, why is a router a good place to start? And how can it filter out content? Like you talked about the Griffin, was it called Griffin? Yeah, it is the Griffin router. So maybe, I, I don't know, with your show notes or whatever, I would love to include um, in December or November, I can't remember, we wrote the ultimate guide to routers because when I talk to parents, it's like the number one thing they don't understand about you know hardware. Um, oh, my internet person, they, you know, they put something in, it's behind the couch and I don't think about it until it doesn't work. Then I kick it every once in a while. It's kind of like our mentality with the router, you know, you just, you hope it always keeps working because you don't understand it. But I would say that your router, every family that's listening to this, your router is your most important digital device by a distance for a number of different age and stage groups, right? So we talk about, you know, right kid, right tech, right time, whether it's pre-elementary, middle or high school, right? For pre and elementary school, one of the greatest risks to them um, is early childhood accidental exposures to explicit content. Second to that is screen time, right? Those two kind of run sort of one and two in terms of digital risks to kids. When you get to middle school, it's all on screen time and then social media then when you get to high school, it's mostly social media, right? So you kind of have this transition period as to what digital spaces present the most risk. So mm-hmm. routers do the awesome job in that 
pre-elementary and sort of transition phase in the middle school of filtering out explicit content at the source mm. for devices that more often than not need a Wi-Fi network to operate, like Xboxes, Playstations, Switches, Kindles, Chromebooks, mm. right? Tablets that don't have a data plan attached to them. These are the typical things that young kids will use because they don't have a smartphone of their own yet that has a data plan. Mm. Therefore, the greatest risks are what do they accidentally stumble into because they're looking for something else and we know porn is around every corner and can we keep it turned off during certain key times and that's a router can do all of that man i've got the app the griffin app on my phone here and from anywhere wherever i'm going to traveling to i can turn off the smart tv in my living room from the airport and totally mess with my family because it's connected to our router um turn off in terms of the internet to it it would still work they just wouldn't be able to watch, you know, book a fet tomorrow or whatever, whatever it is. So um, not that I'm keeping track that tomorrow's Star Wednesday. Wars fans are cringing yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the sort of a thing that's so important um, that, and, you know, for that middle school age and even elementary that maybe watch way too much YouTube, um, you can enable restricted mode by default for everything in your house for YouTube. Um, so that's a really, that's a toggle in my Griffin app for the different profiles. Yep. Restricted mode, restricted mode. And anytime they get to YouTube, whether it's through the app on the smart TV or through the Chromebook, youtube.com, boom, it's locked into restricted mode. So, so anything that's accessing YouTube from your internet, because it's going through the router is automatically toggled to the restricted mode to the mo most protected version. It can yeah. be. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's yeah, something yeah. so simple and easy. So simple. Yeah, Griffin's a great tool. It's very reasonably priced um, and missionally. So I only use, you know, solutions that I have tested on my own kids and that work for my own family. Um, I also only suggest and recommend things that have a similar mission and heart for families. So I always speak to their leadership, talk to who their founder was, do we get along and those sorts of things. Um, and often what I look for are organizations that were birthed out of a spirit of whatever is out there isn't good enough for my kids. So I'm going to build something better. And that's what Griffin did. They built a better router. That's why I love, you know, an organization like Covenant Eyes, for example, which, you know, I'm part of, and I've used it, you know, in my own journey, trying to, you know, keep pornography out of my life. Um, you know, it was, it came out of Ron's heart 20 years ago of wanting to protect his sons from online pornography. It's an awesome motivation, right? Griffin is the same way. Bark is the same way, right? Brian's, he's a dad, right? Titania's a mom. They, they do that out of a spirit of what's best for my kids. So that's another thing that I just want people to know that we just don't willy nilly say, hey, try this on your family. I have tested everything out there. Um, and there's some junk out there and I want to keep, you know, your listeners away from that too. So. Amen. So links to all those will be in the show notes, links to the Griffin links to the, um, the, the guide for routers, um, and links to a couple more articles that came to mind that I know you wrote, um, about what great first steps parents can do to help make sure that their kids' devices are protected. 
Um, guys, go check him out. Um, his Instagram link, Protect Young Eyes, is in the show notes as well. Um, protecting you guys is wonderful. And they've always been a great ally for save the kids. I know you and Colin were in the trenches up until his passing. Um, and we love you guys so much. Uh, make sure to go follow save the kids and me on Instagram. Those will be in the show notes as well. So you can have all the best info in raising kids in this crazy tech filled world. Um, always remember you are wonderful. You're worthy and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight second hug and we'll see you on the next one.